can't wait to get back on the road again. Back again. Dude, like throw the baggers. Back home again. Back home again. In. In Indiana land. Welcome back, everybody, to Dirt Yard Dish. This is our fifth season. Episode one of season five. We've been doing this uh, little podcast for CCW since the summer of 2019. Here we are in the off season heading into 2023, and we've got a new year, just celebrated a new year, and we've got some new rules and new uh, just things around the league that we want to give you all a little update about considering we just uh, wrapped up uh, two of our winter meetings in November and December. I am the host, I guess co-host for today, Rudy Lyon, the deputy commish of CCW, and I'm here with none other than the commissioner and founder of Circle City Wiffle, Brendan Dudas. What is up, Mr. Dudas? What's up, Rudy? For this show and this show only, I will be the assistant to the co-host. Okay, so the assistant to can... the co-host, the assistant to the deputy commissioner. That's... There's no real host. Okay. Just you and I. <laughs> yeah. How many pods do you think you and I have done together? Oh, boy. Most of them. Too many or not enough? It hasn't been till I feel like it hasn't been until recently that we've kind of got other people to start doing them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually well, a great a great lead-in, though, considering yeah. now we're divvying up the responsibilities more for this season. Mm -hmm. Um, to start here, I'm just going to do a quick kind of recap of some of the logistical things that uh, we decided on, voted on uh, in two of our meetings that came around November 10th and December 10th. We've been sitting on that info just so that everyone can enjoy the holidays, get through them. Uh, in in uh, Dudas's case, he enjoyed a nice holiday break and he's back to back to teaching and coaching. So he's a busy man now. Uh, but we'll start with um, rosters and free agency. I know free agency is the thing that was uh, brand new to CCW last year, was really exciting, generated a lot of hype and social media content. We are going to build off of that this year, most certainly. Uh, thing of note, the probably most major announcement of the 2022 into 23 offseason is the addition of a new team, uh, which we will dedicate a podcast to. Uh, in the coming weeks with new manager Taylor Carpenter of the Swamp Dragons. He'll give you all the details as to why he chose that unique name. Uh, but that gives us a seventh team. And so with a six-team, seven-player roster max, we decided to flip-flop those numbers. We now have seven teams with a six-player max. So still 42 overall players in the league. That doesn't exclude guys that would be on inactive rosters or fill-in subs, things like that. Uh, another big detail that we voted on, and this was mainly handled by the Player Value Oversight Committee, which uh, Dudas will talk about later, is we have a uh, tiered pitcher system now, and all uh, seven teams will have one tier one pitcher, so a top seven arm on their team, and that also means that there will not be any top tier arms on the same team, so there will be a distribution of arm talent in the league. Ideally um, speaking, of course. I mean... Yes. Yeah. We rank the we rank the guys one to seven. I'm sure some guys will slip in and out, but um, sure. yeah. Yeah. On so, paper. On paper, and that's all we can do. I mean, right. you you look at the the eight balls last year. On paper, heading into the preseason with all the the roster reviews, oh, they'll finish fifth, sixth, and then you know, on paper, we didn't know Austin Ellis <clears throat> and his massive calves were going to be a huge uh, anchor to that lineup into that team, and then they right. in the third yard classic. Um, so with that as well, the salary cap 
is a little bit tweaked this year. The, the official salary cap number, which will be calculated by the player oversight committee with uh, Dudas and Thomas Hopkins and some others, uh, is now going to be prorated within each of the uh, the rosters. So based on a uh, you will you will have a cap for like the top four players on your team, and then correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's five and six up to that six cap. So. We don't go lower than three, correct? Well, no. So we're going top. We're basically it's at the the important part is the top part of the roster. So okay. the top two guys, the top three guys, and the top four guys have to come in um, separate. Can That's come right. in under separate caps. So um, basically, just trying to circumvent the strategy where a team loads the top two or three parts of their roster and then fills out the bottom half with uh, minimum value guys. And um, I think it'll force a lot of guys to get really creative with their roster creations and. Ideally, I mean, in, in an ideal world, for me at least, it forces some different players to play with guys that they never would have played with in, yeah. in other circumstances. Yeah, I think this was affectionately known as, for numerous times now, a Mike speak eight balls rule. Right. Uh, there are multiple rules in CCW that uh, seem – Mike speaks, he's, he's a savvy vet. He's right. also conniving and he finds loopholes. <laughs> and he would even admit that, I think. So. He will. That, that comes with age and with seasoning. Um, yeah, a lot of our rules are starting to get attached to player yeah. names. I think the Dudas rule got dropped this yeah. this off season. We've got yeah. the Smitty rule, which was the salary cap in itself. And right, that's um, so true. So, what, what would what would my rule be? The Rudy rule: uh, don't throw him any strikes in the playoffs because he's going to make <laughs> you freaking cry. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, the Rudy rule sounds like the Rooney rule in the NFL. I know. Nothing, nothing <laughs> you must interview that. one ginger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, I am the only ginger manager in the league. so it, 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 <laughs> um, And the last thing I have on rosters and free agency is uh, we've kind of floated the idea of dropping the rookie cap hit value. Uh, it was 10 last year. We thought about maybe cutting that in half just to furthermore incentivize getting first-time players in um, because uh, some rosters are very tight to the cap, um, I think, especially in a, a case like uh, Will's where mm -hmm. he's $100, he's got to find a way to pinch pennies around that salary cap. So looking right. to see the moonshots, mm -hmm. potentially bringing more rookies, see how things pan out. Right, yeah, I think if we, if we kept it at 10, it was going to make it hard for – you know, for guys to fit those rookies in. And, and like you said, we want to include as many new players as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on to next category of rules uh, on the field of play itself. Not a ton of tweaks. It seems like in each of these committee meetings, year after year, the fine-tuning becomes less and less. And it is mm -hmm. just that uh, fine-tuning. Um, and it's really like there's nothing necessarily wrong with the rules that we had in place, but it's just like, hey, this is a great thing, but how can we make it just 1%, 5%, 10% better? <clears throat> and I think with our games no longer having time limits, we also wanted to create a nice flow and a pace to the game that um, takes some of the drudgery out of the pitch-to-hit rules. And so uh, this conversation in our meeting went very long, and there were so many different possibilities. It almost went completely off the rails as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it was it was fun though. Like yeah, yeah. we were all trying to think so creatively. Mm -hmm. um, there was talk about like eliminating the K board. There was talk of uh, can you remember any of them? They're they're all just spinning around in my brain. Going straight to like Orville rules, yeah. um, and then, gosh, there was 
Oh, having your own player pitch to you. Yes. That, that's where it almost went way out into yes. left field. Yeah. And there were, you know, obviously coach pitch, you can't fault the coach. Right. Like you got, if you, if you're striking on your coach, then you just suck. But it depends mm -hmm. like, how does that affect stats? And right. Cause is, is it really affecting the ERA of a pitcher if he's not throwing the ball, but we settled yeah. on this and we're, we're trimming down the number of balls, not on the board in lob pitch situations uh, that will lead to extra bases. So formally it was in increments of five, you get a ball mm -hmm. five, you're going to get another five for a double five, no four, excuse me. We went back yeah. down to four, didn't we? I was, just getting ready, I was getting ready to make a joke, yes. or was it four? Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm originally like, okay, this takes too long. Then we went, yeah. uh, we were like back and forth on four and five, yeah. made it uniform, made it ununiform, and now we're like just completely, as you said, off the rails. Yeah. So three balls, not on the board, is going to be a two-base walk. Five consecutive, or not even consecutive, just five period, is mm -hmm. a three-base walk, and then seven is going to be a home run. So that really incentivizes the pitcher, which one of the dudish rules comes into play here with like changing eye levels and speeds and all that just to throw off pitch, uh, hitter's timing. Right. Um, you can't you can't waste a pitch Yeah. because there's no count reset even if you hit the board. Now, in favor of the pitcher is that if a hitter does choose to take two pitches and they hit the board, he's out. Right. Um, so this, if you add it all up, um, barring some foul balls, it's really going to cut down on the potential max because that so, so guy has a 5-0 count, takes four balls, one hits the board, takes a strike, resets, and it's just this – it could end up being a 25-30 pitch at bat. Right, and, and you're like, how often could that possibly happen? And it, it weirdly happened enough, and especially yes. as guys like myself started to push the boundaries of that rule, it really slowed the game down. And, and like you said, with no time limit, I think – the idea and the purpose behind these rules is to figure out a way to move things along and, and create a better flow out of the dirt yard. And I think uh, especially we didn't really see it heavily in the playoffs, but that's when 30 pitch at bats could happen yeah. in the yeah. playoffs with those rules <clears throat> and those tough at bats. Yep. Um, the walk-off grand slam by Will Smithy, that was not a short at bat. I'll be no. honest. I was yeah. calling it. He was patient. He worked it full. Yeah. And then he hit the, the walk-off winner uh, to take the series uh, last August. Right. Um, beyond that, we also kind of th – maybe this is my rule. This is at least a yacker rule because uh, we are now limiting in a three-game series. So each, you're going to have an 18-game schedule, uh, seven teams playing the other six opponents three times. You cannot face all 18 innings against the same pitcher. So There's the really rule. Yeah. Yes, it's – the Yackers last year at my own fault because of my scheduling and conflicts with work is like we always had to play the early pool and we always faced two aces every Sunday. Yep. And we legit we we had to hit off of Will Smithy and Taylor Carpenter uh, four times each. Last <laughs> Opened the season getting no hit by Taylor. Right. Um, we probably got no hit by Will. It'd be a miracle if we didn't <clears throat> at least get no hit once. Yeah. Um, so the cap is now 12 innings against any one team. Now that could be divvied up between the three games in the regular season. You can go four, 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 you can do uh six, four, two uh, or six, six, whatever, but we're able to track that. It's not difficult on stats. So easy fix. And that's yeah, be interesting. I'm kind of interested to see if guys start uh, like long-term planning out there, mm -hmm. their pitching. Like if, a uh, big matchup between, uh, you know, two contending teams. If Smithy wants to bring himself out to make sure he's got 
innings left in the last matchup against that team or whatever. So you start to see like um, strategy within the strategy, I think there. So it should be really interesting. That incentivizes teams not to let off the gas pedal when they're up big too. Because right. when you yeah. run rule, you're saving innings against that team, that same yeah. team later in the season. Really good point. So it's a, it's like, it's a, a firm quantitative rule, but it's got mm. flexibility within it based on the outcome of the games. Right. Uh, I teased this already with season structure with an added team. We're going from a 15 to an 18 game schedule that six opponents three times each, like I mentioned. And with seven teams, that means there's going to be bye weeks. So again, similar to the NFL, like we've already talked about the NFL a couple times with words like Rooney rule and arm talent. Now we have bye weeks because yeah. you can't have all seven playing because someone's going to get left out uh, in any particular Sunday dual pod system like we've got with the round robins. Um, season opener uh, is going to be sometime in May. That date has not been set officially, and it's going to be like a staggered season start because of the buys. Um, very likely, I know we've discussed this, that uh, with your coaching well into May uh, with Southport baseball, you will likely get one of the early buys in May right. so you guys can uh, not be as swamped for time and conflict right. with yourself. Um, and then, uh, oh, we'll have more flexibility with the scheduling. Uh, with it being drawn out from early to for early mid-May to the uh, end of July, which is a roughly 10-week season. Again, six should equal really about six, seven, eight weeks of play. Uh, so there's going to be flexibility for rainouts and cancellations and schedule conflicts, all that. And we are leaving the weekend at the end of July open uh, for cooperation with Hometown Cup. Yep. We want to encourage our guys to go play the slow pitch style in one of the greatest tournaments um, in the world uh, that's only two and a half hours away from us. So, and I think, yeah, the, the big thing with NWLA leaving our backyard this summer, um, we've kind of got this renewed focus towards pouring effort into going out and traveling to these other tournaments. So, um, if possible, take you know, two squads or two leagues to NWLA, take two teams out to UFs, and then. Uh, multiple teams to uh, hometown. So hopefully we can we can make that happen. But I think you and I both talked about it. We're excited about the um, injection of energy we're going to have this summer um, to focus on CCW type yes. stuff. Yes. The the opportunity cost of hosting a national level, level tournament is right. immense and heavy. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean I think we, we, we kind of gushed about this in a very heartfelt podcast between you and I back in July after yeah. – raising the trophy is like, we're still going to pitch in and help in whatever way we can uh, for uh, Jake Davey and the, the crew right. out of Western PA. But we are excited to exhale, take a deep breath. And I have not played in hometown cup, so maybe this is finally the year. It's never there a long go, schedule. You'd and, be so good at it too. That's uh, your style. That is your style. <clears throat> you know me, I, I'm, I'm a way more intense guy than all that lob pitch stuff. So. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, postseason dates. So we do have these set, even though the opener is not set. It's kind of backwards, but right. honestly, it's easier to schedule August. Uh, wild card Wednesday, which we do have our our playoff structure is like officially stamped. It's not going to be adjusted. Right. It's only slightly tweaked from last year, just because of what we had to do with getting. It's it's honestly very similar to the the Bills Bengals scenario. Mm -hmm where teams weren't getting enough games. So how does this affect so-and-so yeah. bang for your buck? So uh, the seventh team will not make the playoffs. Top six are in. 
the three, six and four five seeds will play in a one game wild card, which we did for like two or three straight years. And it was a blast. Yeah. Um, it's one and done. That'll be the Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, for, um, the first Wednesday or Thursday in August. And then double limb Sunday was really fun having the top four teams compete in that. Uh, you got to win two games to advance the dirt yard classic or three, if you're coming out of the, the uh, losers bracket. And that's on August 6th. And the classic is the following week. So everyone's rested in that uh, best of three matchup. And then uh, the following Saturday is the uh, piece de resistance of the CCW yeah. season, the CCW all-star game. Yeah. And like you mentioned, just kind of, you know, placing our stamp on a format. Um, so now, now that we've got this, our focus kind of in this off season was let's find something that works and, and try to find something that can be scalable. So now we have top six will get in. And I think, you know, if we expand to 15 teams, we're still right there. Six teams get in and, um, we have this format that's ours. So. Yep. Get a patent that thing for circle city playoff. Right. Yeah. Not, I can't imagine many leagues have seven teams. So. No. The CCW seven. Um, all right. Well, that pretty much that that wasn't brief. I'll say that I tried. Right. <laughs> that honestly was a lot of more information than even I yeah. expected, and a lot of good uh, points you made, interjection there. But uh, the interview portion of this podcast is is more me asking you about two main things, and that's about yeah. the creation of subcommittees, which you and I have taken on a lot of the logistical brunt over the last handful of years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had help with, you know, workhorses like Dylan Jones who's doing grounds crew and uh, Thomas Hopkins, who has used his own uh, company to provide LED lights and scoreboards and all that thing. Like everyone pitches in in their own way, but it's been informal for the most yeah. part. Um, so with that, I, I first want to ask, like, how excited are you for this as the commissioner and uh, kind of give us a breakdown of all the subcommittees that we created? This is probably Coming into this season, this is the thing I'm most excited about. And I've, I've felt myself as I've gotten older and uh, more experienced with the league that the playing aspect of the Wiffle Ball League has, has fallen secondary. And I just love, like, the, the organization of it all um, and the preparation. But like you said, it's always been so informal. So we've had guys reach out in droves wanting to help. But you and I just – I don't we, – we never really had it in order enough to tell them exactly what we wanted. So um, – splitting into seven subcommittees, kind of with the goal of um, forming a, a formal board and, and um, you know, qualifying ourselves as a 501c nonprofit organization. This is all steps to do that. Um, so the seven boards, we've got um, the Players Association, the Groundskeeping Board, the All-Star Game Planning Board, um, the Content Committee, Umpiring and Rules, the Player Value Oversight Committee, and then national team relations. And those are the seven boards we decided on. Um, you want me to go through and, and talk about the yeah, leader sure. of each one? Okay, so um, so for our first Players Association, we asked the entire league to um, kind of give us some names of guys they thought were approachable, um, dependable, guys they could trust to come to with any complaints about rules or things that maybe they didn't – I mean – I, I hope I'm a, an approachable guy, but a lot of times it's awkward to come to me and be like, dude, is this part of your league fucking blows, dude? Um, you need to change it. So um, overwhelmingly, like every result came back and said Mitch Bias. So um, Mitch is an awesome dude. He's earned the respect of his league mates, obviously, and he's been appointed as the first president of the CCW Players Association. Uh, groundskeeping is being 
headed by Dylan Jones, who is always out there working his butt off. Um, I can't think of anybody better really to be in charge of, of the Dirt Yards Grounds crew. The All-Star Game Planning Committee will be Thomas Hopkins, who has had um, his hand in like every aspect of that for the last three years, I think. And, it, and we've really seen an uptick in um, interest in the game and um, overall just enjoyment out there. I think it's been a lot of fun with him in control. Uh, the content committee is headed by Alex Gurchev. Um, that includes you and D. Louie, Dustin Dowd, no, Dylan Dowden. Uh, Dustin just reached out today about joining some stuff. Um, is there one more I'm missing? Keegan. Keegan Coy's in that one. Um, player value oversight is my committee. Um, myself, Thomas, Taylor, and Blake Boris are working through that. These are kind of our super nerdy guys that are really invested in um, the numbers and the values behind all of that. And then lastly, national team relations. There's not a single other person in the league that is more fit to handle it than Will Smithy, um, who eats, sleeps, and breathes wiffle ball. So those are our seven subcommittees. And then the leaders of each of those subcommittees come together to forward our, uh, form our board of directors for Circle City Wiffle. Perfect. Yeah, you you uh, maybe subconsciously even even uttered it or said it. It's like, you know, the the bulk of the leadership like we'd have to tap people on the shoulder but like this yeah. system it creates independence of yes. free thinking <clears throat> and that way it's like we don't even have to do the shoulder tapping yeah um and a guy i think of already you know kudos to alex gurchiff who's you know he, he's like got he, he got us to download an app called asana which uh it's asana and it's just a workflow system that's all about like pre-production, post-production, it's got to-do list, it's got calendar, we're all on it, and we're able to see each step and progress point. Um, and that's going to play its way out through the rest of these Dirt Yard Dish podcasts in January. Right. And so we're already seeing the fruits of that labor and the effort um, where it's like, hey, you love this. And he was already instrumental, you know, being the, um, the Wiffletarian yeah. of 2022 NCCW and doing and getting the stream up and running. And now it's, it's just the sky's the limit now. Like you said, and I like I wake up in the morning to like the email from Asana that's like, here's your to-do list for the day. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just so cool. I know content is probably the more active. Um, the player value one is another active subcommittee, but I, I'm actually in all of them just as a, um, a viewer of the committees. I'm not really part of them all, um, but it's just cool to see the guys going back and forth, like you said, being creative, offering up their ideas and I feel like in some way, shape or form, the formality of it is just offered like an avenue for for every guy to feel comfortable offering their ideas and um, and putting what they're, you know, what they're good at. So um, I think it's going to work really well. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned the seven. We got seven teams. We got seven committees. And that, I think that's a perfect uh, transition into each of these seven teams, which is, this is another exciting initiative that uh, we've discussed in meetings and over uh, Slack channels and things like that, but we're also going to have seven corresponding community initiatives uh, with each of the teams, and I'll let you touch on that as this was uh, kind of a a brainchild that is near and dear to your heart with a lot of these uh, different organizations that we want to partner with. But yeah, just kind of spill the beans on what this community initiative is all about. Right. I, I probably jumped the gun when I said the the subcommittees was the thing I'm most excited about because I just got chills when you uh, started talking about this. This is, um, for those of you who don't know, we raise money for um, pediatric brain cancer research in honor of my late niece, Whitley. Um, it's kind of been our, 
our entire league's mission since you know we started and especially with the all-star game cure dipge um and just this past season we passed over twenty one thousand dollars um and funds raised for that organization so um this off season kind of i mean our league has been through a lot together as is um but we have you know some close friends who have dealt with addiction um including my brother and my sister um we've had a league mate whose whose brother died by suicide and um just some 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 things that have really touched me and and um some really meaningful ways so uh this season what we'd like to try to do is pair every team every franchise and every coach with an organization um in which the league funds some of the percentage of the league funds or percentage of donations percentages of uh, merchandise purchases will go toward that team's partnership uh, partnered organization so um for example some of the organizations we've kind of thought up um, we're going to stick with whitley's wishes and do it and continue to do work for her uh the muscular dystrophy association which is something i volunteer for every year um the martin luther king center in indianapolis the progress house and holistic addiction rehabilitation center uh, the american foundation for suicide prevention leukemia and lymphoma society this was one that mitch bias uh pointed out that he's really passionate about um, and then the children's organ transplant association which is one that Thomas Hopkins is really passionate about um, since he donated an organ. I think it was to his nephew. I believe it was his nephew um, or his little cousin, but he does a really cool event every summer called Wiffapalooza and raises money there. So um, <clears throat> we've just, it's not that I feel like we've done enough for uh, Whitley's wishes. There's probably never enough, um, but I do feel like it's time to start letting, um, we've got a, a bunch of passionate dudes in our league and it's time to start letting them, uh, branch out and, and figure out what else, what other good we can do. So um, just ridiculously excited for it to the point where I think we'll put our league patch on, on one shoulder and then um, each team will have their charity patch on the other shoulder. And uh, we'll really just push that throughout the season and, and try to see who can compete and raise the most money for um, their partner organization. Um, I think Thomas provided the idea. He, he thought it would be cool to, um, for our draft, we're going to mm -hmm. do the lottery or whatever. And he thought it would be cool if the funds raised was like a competition and determined how many ping pong ping pong balls you got in the rookie draft. So I thought, you know, that could be a cool wrinkle in that as well. Yeah, a uh, little teaser there. We are instituting a, a lottery for yeah. the rookie draft. And uh, from year to year, obviously, it won't be in effect for this upcoming year. It'll just be based on statistics from the previous season and all that. But, uh, yeah, money raised could aff affect how many – the algorithm, I know it's not yeah. ping pong yeah. balls in the NBA, but yeah. the algorithm, however that works, <clears throat> uh, to improve odds. So it's it's really cool to see the transition of you know over the last handful of years we've tried to professionalize or um, bizify like business the league by getting right. sponsors and put those patches on the jerseys, and now like we can still do that, and that it's great to partnership with business to see money come into the league, but then in the same breath of the other side of the coin is like, Hey, we've been doing this for how many years now? This will be season number 11, 11. Oh, yeah. I think, we, I think 10 was last year. Yeah. 2014 yeah. was the first yep. year. So we're at a decade now and it's like, mm -hmm. maybe it's time after 10 years to start giving back yeah. um, and, and gaining some opportunities of exposure for these awesome uh, initiatives and organizations that, live nationally and within our local community of Indianapolis. Right. And it's, I mean, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to do anything 
uh, groundbreaking or, or crazy, but that's not really what we're out to do. I mean, it's it's cool to have seen us come full circle and kind of be like self-sustaining now, like to where we don't feel the need to um, hog all the funds that come into our league. We feel like we um, can start dedicating those to, to better things. So you're right. You're absolutely right there. Absolutely. So with all that, that kind of, I wouldn't say it sums it up, but it, it definitely gives you yeah. uh, a good view of what we've been thinking on, working on since we uh, kind of laid our heads to rest on CCW in late August. And then for those of you that went uh, to York PA and UWIFs, it would have been uh, around mid-October. So it's been three months of dormancy, that, but no one really knows what's going on with our texting, our you know thumbs away on Slack. Right. Or these two meetings that we've had shout out to uh half leader barbecue and big lug for hosting one of our meetings and to mike speak for hosting our december meeting uh great time as always uh, with the guys come up with all these ideas we're excited to put these into effect here in the coming months as opening day is four months away less than four months away so it'll be here before we know it uh in closing i've got a couple things do you have anything you want to plug um it depends on what you're about to plug. Maybe I should listen to what you're going to plug first. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll plug, plug first. I'll plug last. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing you didn't read the show sheet, but <laughs> just kidding. I know you did. Uh, so this month in January, uh, these are a couple other exciting things we got going on. Uh, most notably is that uh, registration is live. We've tweeted about it. If you want to uh, register to play in 2023, we need you to register by midnight on January 31st, end of this month. You can find the link on Twitter, uh, or go to our Circle City Wiffle website, uh, toggle over some of the drop downs, and then registration form will be right there. I'll give you all the information you need. Remember, end of January, we've only got 22 days left. So get on that. And that goes for current players. Yes, everybody. Players. Everybody, yeah. if well, you intend to, to play in 2023, you have yes. to register. Yes, and these these registrations are going to affect your cap number and the cap, uh, the salary cap. So right. do it. Um, and then lastly, <clears throat> is uh, we have partnered with uh, Power. Right? That's P A U E R out of uh, the Dayton, Ohio area. Is the logo on your shirt? Ooh, yeah, is it, it is. up there? Power. Hey, a lightning bolt. Yeah, jersey of the year right there. Yes, the CCW UWIF jersey, national jersey of the year. I did not go, but I had to cop me one because it's the Phoenix Suns throwback look. Like you all didn't know that, though. <laughs> uh, so Power Wiffle, they supplied uh, the Yakkers with jerseys last year. Um, the Moonshot, the Moonshots, uh, they would have supplied the short shorts uh, if there wasn't a, a little bit of a hiccup there. No big deal. Uh, still great quality of jerseys. Uh, we thought that it would be great to kind of create a uniform uniform supplier for the whole league. And with that, we're going to create a team store for league merchandise through them. And we'll have that up and running hopefully by the end of the month as well. So if you want to potentially get a Will Smithy Jersey authentic, <laughs> that'd be the place to go. But you know, just teasing that maybe that's down the road. But we'll right. maybe steps first. So <laughs> that's all I've got to plug. What do you have to plug? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I guess for registration, um, the big thing is don't don't wait on that. Like I said, like Rudy said, our salary cap is dependent upon that. So many years we get, you know, a month away from the season and I get a few texts like, hey, how do I sign up for Wiffle Ball? So we're telling you how to sign up. If you're thinking about it, it takes maybe 
two minutes. So just pull out your phone, go sign up so that we um, can plan and make sure that our free agency process moves as smoothly and as fairly as possible. Um, outside of that, man, I'm, I'm ready to go on this stuff. Um, like you said, Taylor, you're doing an episode with Taylor soon to talk about that seventh team. Um, we have, I think, I want to say, I just looked at the list, like six, five rookies signed up maybe. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, the rookie combine will come up um, shortly after that. So if you're a rookie looking to play some wiffle ball, um, what you'll first do is sign up and then you'll come out to our combine where we can kind of scout you and, and do all that fun stuff. But mm -hmm. Man, I'm just jacked for wiffle ball. It's good to get this. Um, I guess I don't want to say out of the way. Get to get this rolling because this feels like the official start of of wiffle ball season. Because once you get the content schedule rolling, um, it all just kind of flies by. I agree. Once we uh, you know sober up from the All Star game in late August, <laughs> it's like I'm not doing. I'm not even thinking about wiffle ball. Right. I mean, in your case, you had to think about U whiffs, but for right. me, it's like I turn my brain off need to decompress from it for a little bit and then you get to start feeling the itch around Christmas. And then once you turn the calendar over to, to the new year, like it's on, like let's, right. let's start thinking about it, start throwing bullpens, all that stuff. And it's going to be yeah. fun too. Cause now we have more invested hands, these committees, all yeah. that. So yeah, it's another just, fantastic year. Right. I guess we should give some shout outs to the guys that won some national recognition. Yeah. Um, Dylan Jones, manager of the year. Uh, he texted us and joked. He's like, I think my most difficult task was getting Taylor's ass to the field on time for all of our games. Because he like he almost missed first pitch of that. Uh, I don't yes. know. What was one was it? It was uh, it was um, it was Ridley. It was that yeah, first game. We're in the calling morning. him like, dude, where are you at? And he's like, oh god. DJ's so Dylan like, Jones. He's like, grab a bat. You're you're taking some warm up cuts. Are you ready <laughs> if Taylor's still sleeping? I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready. He dealt with all the egos that existed on that team. And by all the egos, I mean the ego that is my ego. Um, uh, Taylor Carpenter gets uh, nominated for Central Player of the Year. Um, and I, I kind of put out a little blurb about him. Um, you know, I think he lags behind Will in both hitting and pitching. And nobody's going to argue that he doesn't. Um, but where he really makes up his ground as, a, as an all-around player is in the field on the base paths. And my God just kind of watching him compete out there um, outside of the baseline hitting and pitching stats is really cool to do. So it was awesome to see him get that recognition there. Um, obviously, Will Smithy, he's now up for National Player of the Year. Um, I, I can't think of a guy that that's, that award is more spot on for because um, his development over the last – is this year four for him? Will? I think it – yeah, I think it's year four, man. He's 19. He's been doing this as long as we've been podcasting. Yeah, the his development has been absurd, and but from from like day one where he really started taking it seriously, he constantly told me, "Dudas, I'm gonna freaking, I'm gonna be a top yeah. ten player in the country." And he said, "That's my goal. This is what I want to do. I don't have anything else going on. Uh, I want to dominate wiffle ball." So, um, he's done just that. Um, am I missing people? Austin Ellis. Uh, Austin was got, a rookie of the year nomination. Yeah, got snubbed. I think he was really deserving, but it's hard to break onto the scene and sure. uh, win something like that. And then, undoubtedly, best Cavs in the country. Oh I god! Every time. <laughs> oh god! I'm sexually attracted to that man's Cavs. Yeah, I think that. Um, that's. I don't think Reed. Reed might have been. Was he a nominee for pitcher of the year? Or no. 
Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you could arguably put him for, if there was such a category, pitching performance of a weekend. Oh, my God. What he did at the NBA tournament was ridiculous. So, um, just really proud of those dudes. Um, It's just so fun to sit back at the dirt yard and watch them play. And I don't know how many times I go up and hug them, and I'm just like, dude, you're you're such a dog. I love you, man. Thank you for for playing and coming out here and, and, and doing what they've done for our league. So. Thank you, guys. And there's many more that, that we haven't name-dropped, but um, they all deserve some recognition. Absolutely. Yeah, as Jamal Williams said, post-game interview, the Lions-Packers game, we got some dogs in this mug. <laughs> Quit playing with us, man. We, we're CCW. Oh, we're CCW. <laughs> yeah, CCW uh, personifies that Detroit Lions jamal Williams energy. <laughs> we cry, and then we just snap into it, and then we're making – uh, rally cries instead of tears. Yeah, we do cry a lot. We're we're an emotional, passionate bunch. Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Uh, again, great as always to assemble another podcast with you. It was like this one fairly winged, but after doing it for five years, it's like just hey, a conversation with the camera in our faces. It's just like you know SVP and Stu Scott on the mic. <laughs> oh God, don't do that to us. Come on, come on. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, uh, thanks again, Commissioner Dudas, for hopping on for the first uh, episode of Season 5 of Dirt Yard Dish. Much more to come content-wise, podcast-wise, in in the coming weeks and months, along with more information on uh, registration, uh, opening day, free agency, all that. So stay tuned to our Twitter, our Instagram, Facebook pages, all the different social networks that CCW operates on, and we'll see you around the bend. Peace. I can't wait to get back on the road again. Back again. Dude, like Frodo Baggins. Back home again. Back home again. In. 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 In.